Uh, last week, Mark said we need some preaching that makes us uncomfortable. So I took that as a cue uh, here. Uh, and I actually, I didn't show that first service because I was afraid that some of the members would be like break out and do like backflips uh, down the aisle. Then we'd have to call the paramedics and it would just take so long and we'd eat into donut time. So it just, we decided not to do that. So, uh, but joking aside, for the next few weeks, uh, we are taking time to focus on the ministries here at Mount Pulaski Christian Church that we support um, beyond the walls of the church. Uh, if you look at the front of your bulletin, you will see that the mission statement of Mount Pulaski Christian Church is loving God, loving people, and reaching the world. As a church, we are called to have a kingdom impact, extending our love of God and people you know, outside of Mount Pulaski, uh, throughout the United States, and to the ends of the earth. Uh, this week, I'm going to start us off uh, with a question, uh, what do we mean by mission? You know, what does it mean to be about you know, a kingdom mission? And you know, what is uh, a mission of God? Uh, instead of mission, singular, we often talk about missions. Uh, and we have uh, the missions committee that oversees uh, how and who the church financially supports. Uh, we talk about missionaries, those who are called uh, to a mission field, uh, maybe like we saw Jake and Elwood Blues, who had this epiphany, this moment of divine inspiration to get the band back together so they could raise the tax money for the Church of St. Helena of the Blessed Shroud, that orphanage in which they lived in. Now, albeit that's probably not the best example of a call, it's a little sacrilegious, but... Um, um, our view of the mission is often this act of going, or more likely sending. And more often than not, when we talk about mission or missions, we are talking about somebody else. Uh, there are those who are called, and then the church sends them. Now, in his book, uh, The Mission of God, Christopher J.H. Wright, who, in my opinion, is the best uh, Old Testament um, uh, exegete and commentator uh, writing today, and he says that mission is not only about sending. Actually, he's, he's from the UK, and he kind of says, I don't like how the United States, they talk about missions, uh, because it's not about sending. Uh, it's to all who are in Christ to live a missional life. It is about a long-term commitment, a lifelong participation by every Christian in the redemptive mission of God. Now, Wright defines Christian mission in this way. He says, fundamentally, our mission means our committed participation as God's people, at God's invitation and command, in God's own mission within the history of God's world for the redemption of God's creation. Did you notice the theme there? When we talk about mission, uh, we must remind ourselves whose mission we are about. We are God's people who are at God's invitation and command to participate in God's mission within God's world for the redemption of God's creation. See, mission is never ours or even someone else's. It is always God's. God's initiative, God's invitation, God's command, God's world, God's redemptive work. Christian mission begins and ends with God. It's not just about going or sending. It's about active participation, all of us taking part. Wright's definition begs that question, well, what is the mission of God? And I want to offer just this morning a very simple definition, that the mission of God is to be in, in an intimate relationship with his most loved creation, and that is you. God's plan from the beginning is to be in intimate communion with you and the person sitting next to you and the person living next to you and the person living on the other side of the world 
that you've never met. Which takes me to our first point this morning, that God's mission is relationally focused. See, on the sixth day, God created man and woman, and the goal of the culmination of all creation, and said they were very good. They were exceptional in all other things. Everything God created was for our benefit because he delights in us. God builds the Garden of Eden specifically for our benefit, supplying our most basic needs, food and companionship. Once creation was complete, God places the man and the woman in the garden for intimate relationships with both him and each other. But you see, life in the garden is not active, it is active, it's not passive. See, active participation in the mission of God is central to our relationship with him. Say that again. Active participation in the mission of God is central to our relationship with him. Again, remember Wright's definition. Committed participation as God's people at God's invitation and command. God places man in the garden and gives him some responsibility. We see in Genesis 2, verse 15, it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the, in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. There is active participation in our relationship with God. Active participation in God's mission. Eden was not just about lying around naked with your wife all day. Although that's what Hannah keeps telling me that it's not about that. So um, I'll get in trouble for that later. Anyway, uh, the word study here uh, that we see, the two words we see here, work and, uh, and to keep. Work, is a, it can mean till the ground and often is translated that way or work the soil. But it is also is used uh, in the discussion of work and service by priests in the tabernacle. So there's work in the presence of God. And it's also the basis of the word for servant or slave. So from creation, we are intended to be servants of God, or in a New Testament perspective, slaves of Christ. And then we have that word keep. And it's the word often translated, you know, keep or guard uh, to mean to keep watch over a place. But we often see this uh, throughout the book of Deuteronomy for also keeping and guarding the commandments. So we have this uh, command to keep to guard this diligence in our relationship with God. This is how it was intended. Active participation in an intimate relationship with God, but because of sin, that relationship breaks down, and these activities break down. We see in Genesis chapter 3, uh, 23 and 24, it says, Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man at the east of the Garden of Eden and placed the cherubim and the flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way of the tree of life. See, there is now separation between us and God. We now strive to find satisfaction in the world. Life is full of hardship and death, but this is also a greater separation. Because of sin, there is now this barrier, this, this flaming sword in what was intended to be true intimacy with God. But our relationship with God was not the only one broken. Our relationship with others as well. So active participation in the mission of God is also central to our intended relationships with others. In the garden, the man and his wife were in perfect harmony with each other. We read, the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Now some of us here this morning might have a little bit more to be ashamed of than others. 
Um, they often say in public speaking to just uh, you know, see people in their underwear. Uh, I usually can't get past the first two rows, so that's why I look at my script. Um, uh, we see here the impact of sin is not just brokenness with God, but also in our relationship with others. You know, they had to clothe themselves. We see this broken relationship. It says, then the eyes of both of them were opened. They knew they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. In the rejection of God, we see others differently. People become others, not like me. And all I do is focus on those differences. Now, I wonder what it would be like if we saw the mission of God as an appreciation of the potential of others in Christ instead of consent to beat the hell out of them. You see, true intimate communion with God is unattainable until there is true intimate communion with each other. Living vulnerable without shame. This is the mission of God. This was the intent from the beginning. So what is the mission of God? To be in intimate relationship with his most loved creation. And what is our mission? Building off right again. The committed participation in God's own mission with the history of, in the history of God's world for the redemption of God's creation. The picture we see in the Bible of the ultimate redemption of creation is the restoration of the kingdom of God, which takes me to the second point. The mission of God is about the kingdom. Now, contrary to popular belief, uh, the root of all sin is not money. The root of all sin is wanting to be God. The great lie of the serpent was, uh, was that God was holding us back in some way, that we would be better off in control of ourselves. So if the root of all sin is wanting to be God, then the restoration of God's mission begins with admitting that I am not. So the Bible flows from Genesis to Revelation, and at the end of the book, we find mission accomplished. Revelation 21, it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth from the first heaven, and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. God is recreating a broken creation. He is bringing us back, returning us to Eden. That perfect communion with God and others. No tears, no brokenness, no hate, no death. But the central element of the picture of a perfect kingdom, the thing that it must have to exist, is a perfect king. See, the kingdom of God has a king, and the dirty little secret is, it's not you. Why do we participate in the work, the service of God? Remember, it's not about us. Back to this definition, fundamentally our mission means our committed participation as God's people, at God's invitation and command, at God's own mission, within the history of God's world for the redemption of God's creation. We must check ourselves that when we do mission or support missions, we are working to restore the kingdom of God and not working to build a kingdom of me. 
when we serve a meal at a homeless shelter or write a check to a missionary? Is it an act of selfless service? Or do we just do it to make ourselves feel good? To draw attention to ourselves? To leave a legacy, something with my name on it? Back home right now, over in Pike County, the, the far western part of the state, they're in the process of replacing the old bridge that spans the Mississippi River. You know, once a great engineering feat, uh, now it's old, narrow, and actually a little scary to drive across. The deck is only 20 feet. So if you can imagine meeting a semi uh, going across that. Uh, growing up, you know, everyone just called it the Louisiana Bridge because that's where it took you. It took you across the river to Louisiana. Uh, and, the, and it took you across the river to Louisiana and cheap gas, cheap Missouri gas. That was the only reason to go. No, there's no other reason to go to Louisiana and probably no other reason to go to Missouri. Um, well, there, this bridge actually has a real name. It has a name on it. Uh, it's actually called the Champ Clark Bridge. Now, you ask, who is Champ Clark? I have no idea. That's actually a lie because I looked it up on Wikipedia. Uh, but before yesterday, I could not tell you who Champ Clark was. And my point is this, mission should not be about building a kingdom for yourself, putting a name on something, leaving a legacy, because a time will come when your name will fade and rust. Someday they will knock down your footings and drop you to the river. The kingdom of me is for a moment at best, but the kingdom of God is eternal. See, the kingdom of God, the mission of God, is about restoring Christ-redeemed intimacy with God and other. The problem is, though, intimacy equals vulnerability. And vulnerability is scary. Even, it's, even when it's vulnerability before God, especially before God. Regarding the difference between the kingdom of God and a kingdom of self, David Benner writes this. Our ambivalence about surrender to God is based on the illusory security of the kingdom of self. In relation to the apparent risk of the kingdom of God, God terrifies humans. He continues, we have a deeply ingrained tendency to rely on ourselves. We want to love without sacrifice, without the risk and expense of the surrender of self-control and determination. God cannot accept such a bargain. Also, uh, Benner uh, gives us this chart of comparison, what it looks like, what he calls the kingdom of self and the kingdom of God. He says the kingdom of self is ruled by self-interest, where the kingdom of God is ruled by love. The kingdom of self is ruled by grasping, where the kingdom of God is ruled by releasing. The kingdom of God is ruled by achievement, where the kingdom of uh, God is ruled by gift. The kingdom of self is ruled by effort, the kingdom of God is ruled by consent. The kingdom of self by independence. The kingdom of God by interdependence. The kingdom of self by holding. The kingdom of God by releasing. The kingdom of self by willful. The kingdom of God by willing. The kingdom of self by clenched fists and closed heart. When the kingdom of God is by open hands and open heart. The kingdom of self is hard and brittle. And the kingdom of God is soft and malleable. And the kingdom of self is about determination where the kingdom of God is about transformation. Are we uncomfortable yet? The move from kingdom of self to kingdom of God is walking that long road from determination to transformation. And that road is called submission. And it only goes one way, and that's to the cross of Christ. Remember God's mission? 
from creation is to be in an intimate relationship with his most beloved, us, all of us. When the relationship was broken by our own selfish desires, every intention and thought of God is, to re- is the restoration of that intimacy. Which brings me to this third and final point, and really the most important point, is that the mission of God is about the cross. You see, that bridge spanning brokenness and redemption has a name engraved on it. A name that will never rust or be forgotten. And it is the name of Jesus Christ. We have the mission of Christ was to restore that relationship between creator and created. John tells us at the beginning of his gospel, in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God and he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. And we see that the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory. Glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. From, from his fullness we have received grace upon grace. See, Jesus embodies our definition of mission, a committed participation at God's invitation and command, in God's own mission, at the redemption of God's creation. And we see this pattern of participation and submission to the will of the Father for the redemption of creation in the great Christ hymn of Philippians 2. It tells us in our relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus who being in the very nature God did not consider equality, did not consider grasping his Godhead, something to be used by his own advantage, but rather made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being born in human likeness, and being found in the appearance of men. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the death, yea, even the death of a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The mission of the cross is to make that long, hard journey from determination to transformation along the path of submission. Submission to the will of the Father, humiliation to the point of dying to self, nailing the kingdom of self to the cross of Christ and ultimately sharing in that restoration of the intimate relationship with God. I have an image on the screen that illustrates this for us, that this is the the cruciform or the cross-shaped life that we are to live. We see that, that Jesus, he submits to the will of the Father to the point of death of self. And then in his elevation, there's also that restoration of the relationship with the Father. So therefore, we should take up the cross as well. We should submit to the will of the Father, to the mission, to the invitation and command of the Father, to, to take up the kingdom of God and to lose the kingdom of self. And in that, we work towards that restoration of intimate relationship. You know, taking up the cross of Christ is an act of true submission to the will of God, the command of God to give fully of ourselves. When we take up the cross of Christ, we commit to a life of striving towards self-death, making ourselves truly vulnerable, conforming all our selfish desires to the selfless love of Jesus. When we take up the cross, we are partnering in his mission of restoration of all relationships between all people all over the world with both creator and created, a restored intimacy in a new heaven and a new earth. 
want to close out with another thought um, here from David Benner on pursuing the kingdom of God. He says, hearing this invitation, everything within me wants to draw near and receive the gift of love that Jesus represents. Now, not out of an obligation, but out of a soul-aching desire. And each time I do, my heart is slowly but progressively more aligned with the heart of God. God's desires becoming my desires and God's will becoming my will. See, our mission is committed participation at God's invitation and command in God's mission for the redemption of God's creation, a restoration of intimacy and vulnerability between creator and created, a restoration of harmony between all of the most beloved of creation. We have this invitation this morning. Will you come? Will you lay down the kingdom of self? Will you lay down your selfish desires, your fears of vulnerability, those things that keep you from true intimacy with God? Today, we, today will you, like Jesus, submit to the will of the Father and take up the cross of Christ, sharing in his mission of redemption. We're going to come to the table as we come, let's celebrate the restored kingdom of God and lay down the kingdom of self at the feet of Jesus. And pray with me. Father, we thank you for loving us so much that you gave us everything we ever need. You give us so generously that, we, that you even gave us your son. Help us to take up the invitation and command this morning to give you the same devotion as Jesus, dying to our own selfish desires and join, your, join you willingly for your mission of redemption.